Who is Jesus? Take a second to think about your answer to that question. Who is Jesus? What are you thinking? There are many right answers to that question, but all of the right answers to the question of who is Jesus stem from the fact that Jesus Christ, the man who walked this earth physically, who walked on the land, who walked on the water, who gathered disciples around him, who raised the dead, who healed the sick, who preached the good news of salvation, who died on Good Friday, and who rose from the dead on Easter Sunday. Everything we know about Jesus, all that we know about who He is, all stems from one thing. That Jesus Christ is God Himself. God the Son, God the Word, the second person of the Holy Trinity, who chose to come among us as a man, who chose to take on our flesh, who chose, although He did not sin Himself, to take on the burden of our sin by carrying the cross on His back and by being nailed to it, pouring out all of His blood for us. And Jesus Christ, the Son, along with the Father and the Holy Spirit, is God Himself. I, I don't know what you thought when I asked, who is Jesus? What comes to mind for me is my Lord and my Savior. The only way that Jesus can be Savior is if He has the power, the power of God, to snatch us from sin and from death and from Satan and from hell. Some people might think, He is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. That's, a, that's true. And the only way Jesus can be shepherd is if He has the knowledge and the power of God to lead us through the valley of darkness, the valley of the shadow of death. If only He has the power of God to feed us on the green pastures to which He leads us. As He feeds us today, if we are in a state of grace, with His own body, blood, soul, and divinity. He's a prophet, yes, but more than a prophet. He works miracles, yes. Miracles by the power of God, which is His in His person. Jesus Christ, as Thomas says in John chapter 20, is my Lord and my God. He shows that in a powerful way in Matthew chapter 14, part of which was our gospel reading today. The disciples 
are a few miles offshore. Most of us have been in a boat. Most of us know something about how long it takes to get miles off, off into the sea. Most of us know that what it looks like to look back if you're miles away in the sea. And from the middle of the sea, miles from the shore, they see Jesus coming and he's walking on the water. Prophet? Miracle worker? New Moses? Maybe. But in the Bible? Actually, not maybe. Yes to all of those things. But deeper than that, in the Bible, there's only one person who walks on the water. One person. The only place you find somebody walking on the water prior to this episode in the Gospels is in Job chapter 9. And Job, in chapter 9, talks about God. The majesty and the power of God. He who removes mountains, he who shakes the earth out of his place, who commands the sun, who steals of the stars, it's God who alone stretched out the heavens like who alone made the sky with all this beauty, the blue and the clouds and the sun and the moon and the stars, and who tread upon the waves of the sea. It's God who tread upon the waves of the sea. So when of all the miracles that he could do, when Jesus chooses to tread upon the waves of the sea in Matthew chapter 14, he knows about Job chapter 9 because he inspired it to be written with the Father and the Holy Spirit. He knows about Job chapter 9 and he, and he wants to show us that he is God by treading upon the waves of the sea. Then what happens? The disciples get scared. I don't blame them. They don't, they don't know exactly what's going on. And Jesus says, what does he say? Take heart. I am. Do not fear. It's an unfortunate translation into English that it says, it is I. That's not what the Greek says. And Matthew was written in Greek, or at least the version of Matthew that we have. Uh, the canonical version was written in Greek. And in Greek it is, I am. Ego eimi. Do not be afraid. Because I am. What does that mean? Well, to know what that means, we have to turn to Exodus chapter 3. And in Exodus chapter 3, God revealed himself to Moses at the burning bush. And Moses asked God, you remember what Moses asked God? What's your name? I'm going to go to Pharaoh and I'm going to go to the people in Egypt and they're going to say, which God said that you should let the people go? So i like, Lord, I need to be able to tell them your name. And God says, I am. 
name. The Old Testament was translated from Hebrew to Greek, and in the Greek version of the New Testament, the words there are Ego Eimi, I am. And when the Gospel of Matthew is being written in Greek, it says, Take heart, Ego Eimi, I am. Jesus knew what he was doing. He knew what he was saying, whether in Greek or in Aramaic or in Hebrew for that matter. Take heart. I am. So he got in the boat, the storm stopped, and what do they do? Those in the boat worshipped him. There's only one person that you worship. Well, three persons, but there's only one that you worship. And that's God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's the first commandment. I'm the Lord your God. You shall have no other gods before me. I alone, the Lord your God, shall you serve. Shall you worship or serve in Hebrew is, a, uh, is sometimes used for worship. So Jesus Christ shows himself clearly over and over and over again. The Gospel of Matthew, the Gospel of Mark, the Gospel of Luke, the Gospel of John. He shows that he is God. When they get down on their knees and they worship Jesus, you, you, you notice that he doesn't tell them to stop. He doesn't tell them to do something different. In Acts of the Apostles, they try to worship Paul and Barnabas. They think, where is it? Is it in Athens, I think? Where they think that Paul and Barnabas are gods. And so they get down and they try to worship the priest of Jupiter or somebody uh, goes get a bull and wants to sacrifice it to Paul and to Barnabas. They try to worship Paul and Barnabas. And what do Paul and Barnabas say? They Actually, the Bible says they, they tear their garments. They say, no, we are not God. We are proclaiming God to you. But you don't sacrifice to us. You don't worship us. You worship Jesus Christ and the Father and the Holy Spirit. Jesus doesn't do any of that because he deserves their worship because he is God. So they get down on their knees, probably even on their faces, to worship the God of the universe who just got in their boat. What does that mean for us? C.S. Lewis famously said that when it comes to Jesus and his impact on our lives, there are only three options. Either he claimed to be God, clearly he claims to be God, knowing that he was not God. In that case, he is a liar and not worthy of anybody following him. Second option, 
He claimed to be God. Obviously, he did. He thought he was God, but he wasn't. That means he was crazy, that he was a lunatic. And a lunatic is not somebody that we ought to follow as disciples. Or number three, that he actually is the God who he claims to be. Either he's a liar and we can all go home. He's a lunatic and we can all go home. Or he is the Lord and we bow down in worship of the Lord God of the universe who took on a human flesh, who took on a human nature for you and for me. Peter had a lot of faith. Lord, if it's you, I'm get, let me get out of the boat and walk on the water. Jesus says, come. Peter does. He sees the wind and the waves and all that stuff and begins to doubt, starts to drown. And Jesus, like it says in Psalm 118, he reaches out from on high and takes Peter. He draws him out of the many waters. He delivers him because he loves him. Jesus pulls Peter up out of the water because he loves him. And he challenges him to go deeper. Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? He challenges him to more. And today, I think he's challenging us to more. Oh, you of little faith. Why did you skip your prayer time yesterday? Oh, you of little faith. Why do you let your worries and your work creep into your time for worship? Oh, you of little faith, why do you fail to speak out in defense of the people who, people who are being gossiped about or in defense of people who are being put down? Oh, you of little faith, why do you put your own time or the, watching the television or baseball games or all these things in front of spending time in the Word of God, in front of coming by church during the day, open all day, to sit for five minutes with the God of the universe who lives in that tabernacle right there. Because Jesus is God, the Eucharist is Jesus, Body, blood, soul, and divinity. So the Eucharist is God. A couple minutes, bread will become God by the power of God himself. Because he promised that he would do that. And we come and we worship him. We worship God. 
who 2,000 years ago took the form of a man and who at every Mass comes to us under the appearance of bread and of wine. May we worship nothing else. May we know that Jesus Christ is Lord. And may we put Him above every other thing in our lives.